Hey everybody, we are live with a special broadcast of the Savage Gentleman podcast here. And we're talking about melting snowflakes. There's this nothing is, special about this podcast today. No, it's We're it's just passionate. No. We're ranting. <laughs> no, no, no. How, how dare you? No, we, we are special. This podcast is special. Everything is special. You're today. not a special this unicorn, This Josh. is the snowflake of podcasts? Yeah, this is the snowflake of podcasts, folks. So um, please don't throw any shade our way. And for you old-timers, shade is just negative comments. Sorry, was that was that too hard? I'm gonna I'm gonna get beat up. I'm I like, like oh, the no. shade. I'm that's, like throwing shade, right? You're you're down with the lingo. That's dope. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is totally sick. Today. Well, and we <laughs> just sick. lost all our viewers. Good job. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, so we're talking about melting snowflakes for for you folks tuning in, watching this live. Send in your comics if you got some uh, really great epiphanies about snowflakes, and we're using that term as essentially our our very delicate millennial. Generation. I hate to use the term just blanket statement millennial because I'm technically one, but I don't think personally I fall in that category. Uh, I hope you guys would disagree. Please. Josh is getting ready to go fight ninjas, just so you know. Yeah. Every day, I'm always. But it, I guess ninjas. that's not a millennial thing. That's more of a night. That's our generation. That's our generation. Yeah, yeah. we trained as ninjas. That's right. And you know, strangely, strangely, it, it came in very little use as an adult. Really? It, Our it ninja did. skills. I feel like my ninja skills but, come in. But play you know every what? Day. Charlie wrote an interesting article it about a being article. It, about training as a ninja. My dad's the ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, I remember it was that. It was yeah. that was a badass yeah. article. Like yeah. we reposted that like yeah. fifty times. At yeah. Least. If you guys haven't uh, read that, go to readyman.com. It's uh, it's on it's on the blog. Do we so, have a video that we're going to start this off with? Um, yeah, let's let's, a clip. Kick, let's kick that one real quick to kind of set the tone here for for everyone and what we're talking about here. So go ahead and and play this bad boy. You may be familiar. Enough, with this maggot. Film. You are not special. You are not beautiful or unique snowflake. You are the same decaying organic matter as everything else. Dyer built himself an army. We are the all-singing, all-dancing crap of the world. We are all part of the same compost heap. Enough, maggots. <laughs> so, in case you guys don't recognize that, Great that book. was Fight, Fight Club. Club. Amazing Fight book. Club. So, book. when I when I when that came out, like this is this is like a no shit story. When that movie came out, I watched it and then hit the end, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" I went out, I bought another <laughs> ticket. Went back in, watched the next one. At the end of that, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. We're I walked out, I bought another <laughs> ticket, and watched three. I watched that movie three times in a row. Was that because you were looking for subliminal dicks? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Probably. That was that one He's part like, wait, of it. Was there a penis in that? <laughs> oh, I got to watch it again. Huh. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Weird. And the good news is, if you are a, a snowflake or millennial of that generation, you've probably never even seen that movie. So this is going way over the Do yourself a favor, movie. because that scene actually correlates with something that Jay and I were talking about with a current problem as we see it. And since it's our show, we can see it any way we want. That's true. Is the problem with snowflakes today is hard work. Jay, elaborate on that. Yeah, so if we're going to get back on topic for just a moment. <laughs> yeah, so we were talking about snowflakes. Essentially, everyone who's not in our generation and younger, yeah. pretty much that you, and uh, I don't know how old you are. So I'm old enough. You're old enough to not. <laughs> old like, enough yeah. to party. We are just talking about. <laughs> old enough to party. We were, we were just talking about how we like came from this generation where it was all about like 
hard work, right? You were totally measured by hard work, but then something changed. And we're like, what? And Jeff was like, what changed? And I said, because because what we're offering these kids is bullshit. <laughs> it's like it you sucks. work your whole life. You go to school, you work your work, go to school, which sucks. You work your whole life, which sucks. And then you retire and you can do whatever you want for a very short time until yeah, you die. Because you you're, you're going to die in like, you're like 80 years, years old. <laughs> we're like, no, but that's it's honest. That's the and kids are like, screw that. Yeah. You know, and so our kids are like totally charting this new path. Plus the way we we raised our kids and I'm mostly referring to me because your kids are a little younger than mine is we like raised them as these special snowflakes. So I was the I was raising kids in the participation trophy era where anything hard is wrong. Anything hard is wrong. If it's fun, it's good. That's important. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what? All that matters is you, is you had fun and you did your best. And, and, and growing up, I heard that a lot. And I was pretty fortunate because I got both sides of that coin. So my mom, mom watching, she will not argue this. I, I was, you know, the most amazing, best at everything in the world. And it of took, course you were. And, and it took a long time for me to realize that, hey, wait a second, that I, I'm not the best singer. I'm not the most talented, whatever. But I also had my dad on the other side who was very much trenched in reality where he's like, uh, you know, that was decent, but it could have been, you know what I mean? And so it really helped to keep me grounded. So I think I skated just under that snowflake line, I, I hope again. You He's going to be telling goal. this story this whole time, so we just yes. need to keep like <laughs> yeah, letting him go with it. Yeah, Josh, you can tell become. Me, tell you me, you can become anything you want to be, Josh. We're Thank talking you. about snowflakes, the melting snowman out there, because all you guys, you know it, you've seen it, you're experiencing it, and it's actually is a lot of fun to talk about it because we get a beat up on Josh. Well, and employers out there are totally getting this with both barrels. Employers, oh, you know, gosh, are yeah. generally from our generation. Um, employers are like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. You, know, they, you know what it reminds me of? Did you ever work in, uh, did you ever work in Kandahar in southern Afghanistan? Uh, no, I didn't. So, like, the Pashtun, they're great people. I got great friends that are Pashtuns and stuff. But yeah. southern Afghanistan, they're a little bit more crazy. And so, and they have this thing called Pashtun Wali. Oh, yeah. So you'd have these guys that would come up and they'd be like, sir, I'm going to quit. And it's like, um, you do understand there are no jobs available. Yes. How are you going to feed your family? I don't know. Then why are you quitting your job? Because I don't like it. Inshallah. And there, but it was like, but how are you going to feed your family? I don't know. But there's no jobs. Yes. It sounds like talking to my son. It sounds like talking <laughs> how to How old's your son? 20. Sounds yeah. like talking to him. Hey, man, we'll figure it out. You so know? so, so you did, your boy, did your boy go into the mill? Nope. Uh, I think that was largely because of me. But uh, <laughs> it, it, he might still. We'll, we'll see how. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. The world is his oyster. So I got a twenty. Still the I got a, the ocean. So I got a twenty-one. I got a twenty-one-year-old <laughs> son who was raised a complete and total snowflake. And he, he's probably watching. He would totally agree with that statement. <laughs> he was Kristen. like, hey, T-Bone. And he, <laughs> he is like raised as the complete, complete, the quintessential snowflake uh, participation trophy. You can be anything you want. You can be president of the United States. Yeah. You know, no matter how much. I still might be. No matter how much weed you smoke in high school, you can. <laughs> so, he, so he like gets this wild hair and like totally it clicks for him one day when he's, when he's 19 years old. And he, he joins the Marine Corps because it's the hardest friggin' thing he could think of doing that he wouldn't have to make selection. So he's like, man, I, no, way, no matter what happens here, I'm going to get my ass kicked. Yeah. So he joins the Marine Corps. He just transforms through boot camp. 
But I get a call from him like a year later where he's like, or six, eight months later after, um, and, and he's in school, you know, he's in school for the Marine Corps. Um, he's not an officer, he's enlisted and he's a language school. And he's like, dude, I'm in trouble here. I don't get what this is all about. And I'm like, yo, okay. So tell me what you mean. He's like, okay. So I, all I do is work all day and I'm really, really tired. And then I study at night and then maybe I get a few minutes to myself on the weekends. I said, yeah, I said, yes. <laughs> he said, he said, wait, that's it. Then that's life. Like, that's what I'm yeah. telling you. He said, how does that make any sense? That's really <laughs> sucks. I don't think I want to do that. Stupid <laughs> proposition. And I said, I said, uh, I said, well, it's because you're looking, you're looking at the wrong thing, you know? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I said, you assume that fun is equal to life is worth living. Meaning is what makes life worth living. Yeah. He's like, you're going to have to explain that <laughs> you lost me at fun is yeah. what makes life worth living. You know, he, he's figured it out, you know, in the Marine Corps. Thank God for the Marine Corps. You know, really, I said, you're serving your country. You're going to have a hard time finding anything more meaningful than that. You know, raising kids, is pretty dang meaningful. Sure. But yeah. for now, wow, you know, you're killing it. Yeah. And he's like, OK, OK, I'm going to start looking at that. And he started listening to like some of, you know, Matt Best has some really good motivational stuff for guys who are in the service. And he's figured he's figured it out. But uh he came in, he had this rude awakening, like, wait a minute, it's not about fun. Life like, isn't just fun. This you is can't bullshit. be true. This is bullshit. <laughs> well, wait, we wait, I can't get played to have fun. Yeah. Wait, this is huh? bullshit. Well, and, and, you know, we live in a day and age where it's, it's all about instant gratification. I mean, I think back, and, and again, I kind of was on the cusp of, like, not technology, and then as a, at the coming of age for myself was when we had access to all these really cool things. But I still remember dial-up where you just had to sit there and you listen to, you know, I remember AOL Messenger and you're like, do, do you need me to hold your hand? You Did suffered through I, I, I've got PTSD from... Uh, you know, Jason, yeah. you're not the he's first got, older man to PTSD. tell him that AOL chat rooms back in the day. Yeah. Was pretty sketchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so now, you know, we've, we've become accustomed to if you can't connect to the internet in about half a second, you were you were just like this is well, an outrage. Well, think about it. When we sell, you know, when we sell stuff like T-shirts or whatever, if people don't like some of the folks, not you guys that are watching. No, you course, guys are great. <laughs> but not you guys, millennials. But yeah. but the other ones. All those other ones. Yeah. Those assholes. It's yeah. like if it's not there in like forty nine hours, like, piece of shit. They're like, hey, well, you, your <laughs> yeah. customer service sucks. Where's my T-shirt at? And yeah. it's like, bro. We, or you ordered it 25 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, we, we had somebody send us a note and they said, uh, I've tr I sent you my phone number and you never called me back. <laughs> and it was like, dude, that was three hours ago. We're, we're, not, I mean, we're a business. We're we, have, here we have stuff to do. To, Operators are standing by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we've just got. It. We're not the March of Dimes here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's very interesting and, and it really is a lot of fun to, to, give a hard time to these individuals that just think that they are the best and the brightest no matter what. And the reality is just like the clip played, it's like, hey man, there's 7 billion people roughly on this planet, right? And they are and all different. And they're all watching our show. And they're, and they're all tuned in here because, you know, <laughs> because we're so special so, and unique. So check out Mitch's comment before it, it scrolls out. Yeah, uh, I saw that one. That was actually interesting. And I don't know the context, but it says, no winners, losers, competitors, no rules. And if you don't agree with them, you deserve to be beaten on without being able to defend yourself. If you defend yourself, you will be labeled a violent person. I think he's speaking about 
the snowflakes where you know what's weird is that's like, their mentality like when when we were in junior high and elementary like elementary school i mean don't raise your kids this way geez i don't want my boys to be this way but elementary school i was in a fist fight every day every single day and i believe was, i believe you and it was like I'm usually shocked. like a couple of times a day like you know busted up split lip you know my mom going like where did you come from and my and my teachers were kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah, just talk to them. But <laughs> it, I mean, uh, part of what we we're seeing here is like the, uh, the obviously the demasculinization of men. Yes. So we're telling men that part of you that's aggressive that wants to go out is and bad. slay a dragon is bad. You, you got to need to be that. feminized because and dragons are a dangerous species. And we have <laughs> right. To and dragons have feelings There's too. There's only three of them. There's only three of them. Yeah, and one of them works for the... Is a bad guy. And yeah, if we kill bad. them... Oh, spoiler. We spoiler won't have Game of Thrones. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, that was a Game of Thrones reference. Game of Thrones I didn't reference. hear it. So yep, it didn't happen. Game of yep, sorry. Mom's the word. Yeah. I'm all yeah, cut up. So we, you know. Are you guys going to talk about FEMA and Walmarts? What? FEMA. FEMA and We're the government. We're here to help you. Is that a Jade Helm reference? I, FEMA and Walmart? I don't know. I mean, and Daniel, and Walmart. thanks for tuning in. Um, <laughs> that one really wasn't on the topic for for melting snowflakes. Well, Damien. Maybe it is, but we just Yeah, we just haven't gotten there yet. Daniel, Daniel, fill that in, we'll Daniel. Daniel, elaborate on what you're talking about. Because, <laughs> yeah. hey, and you guys that are just tuning in, we're talking about melting snowflakes. We're obviously making fun of the younger generation kind of. <laughs> but you guys, you, uh, we oh, want to see knows. the banter. We want to see the comments. If you're a troll, let Bring us have it. it. Give it, it. Let us have yeah. it. Both hey, if barrels. You, if you are if you are representative of the but be intelligent, or we'll just ban America yeah. society. Then please hey, stand you know, up and defend let's yourself. Talk about, let's talk about how do you what do you you call them Antifa or Antifa? Oh, gosh. Antifa. Antifa. You know what? For once, though, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna. I, I know. I know that we probably all disagree with them politically, but for once, someone's going out there and kicking ass and getting their ass kicked. Now they, I'm not saying they okay, don't deserve to okay. get run over. Okay. But but out, I mean, there's actually somebody stand. Have you seen their like firearms training stuff? Oh yeah. Or, oh, yeah. we're yeah. gonna. We're, that's actually oh, a that's, to be. That's that's later this week. Where yeah, we'll probably get bring that. you back. <laughs> yeah. World's worst firearms training. Oh, dude, awesome though. Oh, but you know, here you go. Here you've got. Here you actually have. You know, I disagree with virtually everything they stand for. And but I have to say. Well, but they're they're, they're standing, standing for something, you know. Well, sort of. I mean, they're throwing some limp-wristed punches and you know wearing masks and not really being brave enough to show their faces. Yeah, but it's but good. What if what if they were a bunch of UFC dudes that got out there and like all of a sudden were winning? <laughs> They'd be Don't, too busy training to do to right. They better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. just it's saying. Like I'm just saying like that <laughs> when we get into Gen Z, because when we're talking about millennials, a lot of time what we're actually talking about is Generation Z. They're actually pissed off enough to get off the freaking couch. Yeah. yeah. You know, and okay. set aside the video game console for just a minute. And get off, get off <laughs> so the there's couch. there's that drip, drop, as in Willy Wonka says, a drop of uh, respect there for you guys getting off the couch. I don't even um, know if we could call it respect. But so you know, Robert, yeah. Robert makes a great point kind of alluding to what you were talking about when you were a kid. It's like, hey, if, if kids today in school fight the cops get involved they get you know they do. the, the repercussions ridiculous. are insane I mean, are we are intense, such, it's yeah. a it's a zero tolerance well policy. i think what's i think what's happened is because we've had so we, we don't you know it used to be like little fist fights it was like five six punches thrown sure but now because we hold off for so long that angst and bitterness just 
continues to build up, and then all of a sudden, when it's released, now someone's getting it's, curb stomped. It's, it's, it's you explosive. Know, on a cinder yeah. block somebody's wall getting or curb stomped or something mm-hmm. like that. Versus like, I mean, like, sometimes you just need to scrap. Like, remember the game called Smear the Q? Can I say queer? <laughs> you can say. Do you remember that? Remember yeah. that game? Yeah. Yeah. We literally played Smear that every queer. day after like, school. Like, literally, ever after school. Dude, that was recess. Every day. <laughs> and it was more like maggot ball because you'd throw the football. Yeah. And I remember playing with, like, we had a Pepsi can. It was those old tin cans. I'm dating myself Jeez. now. Remember those tin cans before they were aluminum? And you'd chuck this thing. We'd put rocks in it. And we'd chuck it. And then, like... Everybody would run up and just stare at it and until finally the like, one. one kid would grab it and then it was like the fight was on and you're ah. well, but that Jeff, was, somebody, that was recess but somebody day, could bro. get hurt doing that, Jeff. And we did, and it was awesome. You Split could get lip, you could get injured. Black eyes. Um, and and that's, we're scared. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's I mean, and, that, and that's where we are today. Where now where now parents um, are are so over. Protective. We talk about the helicopter parents that are always swooping in at a moment's notice where we're never letting people fail at anything mm-hmm. ever. And in the public school system where, you know, I work there and you're seeing this where you can't fail my kid. It's like, well, he just, he did nothing the entire time. It's like, well, but you can't give him an F. And it's like, well, I sure as hell am because he literally did nothing the entire time. So this weekend um, we had a ton of the neighborhood and people come to a big volunteer thing um, on our property. And um, a couple of the kids from the local sports team jumped in the back of some old guys had an ATV with a little trailer on it. And these kids jumped in the back. And of course, they're messing around. They're going down the hill, flips over, he breaks his nose, kids breaks his nose, goes to the, you know, goes to the ER, no big deal, right? You know, sticks up his nose. That's it. You know, go home. So, uh, of course, next thing that happens, I get this terrified call from the president of lacrosse team. Oh, my gosh, I got this mom who's going uh, ape shit on yeah. me. She's going to sue everybody because her kid was dumb enough to jump in the back of a little trailer and flip off it. And, break. you know, he's blaming everybody in the dog. And, Except I mean, for her son for who kid. jumped in the back of it. You know, yeah. it was, and it's just some old dude driving the ATV. You know, it wasn't like it wasn't like yeah. some paid professional. It was it was just like this event, this neighborhood ad hoc event. But yeah. Here we go. We go rushing in to save our kids from so, their consequences. So essentially what you're saying is snowflakes are only part of the problem. Yeah. Because yeah, the other part of the problem point. is. No, we are the problem. Our generation is the problem. Our we raise the snowflakes based on bad child yeah. psychology. And we, we're yeah. the ones like, reach out. You can be anything you want, Josh. You can be president of the United States. Thank you know. And we're Thank not you. like, no, that drawing's a piece of crap. You know, you need well, to put in the hours to be able to draw. That's kind of, <laughs> that's, that's kind of like our last I, I heard show that we were talking up, about Larry. Where Charlie and I were talking about is like is non-commissioned officers in the military, and we were talking about is the generation better now than it was in the past? And I'm a big advocate for saying yeah because our job was to make sure that the kids coming up behind us were better than we were. Yep. Yeah. And if they're not, then we didn't do our fucking job. If you think about it, they should be better. We should be instilling information. We should be installing knowledge. We should be giving them better equipment. We should be giving them as much of our experience as possible because if we don't, shame on us. So I think maybe for us as parents now and stuff, we we've, we can make fun of snowflakes, but, man, we're the problem. You know what my, kid, my boys want to do, and I have four. I've got two that are late teens, you know, one in the military now, and i got two little ones. You know what they want to do more than anything? Same with your boys. They want to fist fight. They want to they fight. Want to, my my seventeen-year-olds, they want to spar. Yeah. Which, of course, they always give me a bloody nose. You know, I mean, it's a pain in the ass because I'm going to get blood all over the ground. All I'm, they want to do is fight. I'm, I'll be sitting there at dinner, and, you know, 
know, I'll get smoked by one of my three-year-olds. They just love to spar, man. They just want to fight. I'm, I'm yeah. for hire if you need a stand-in. I'll, I'll be your champion. <laughs> yes. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm old, dude. I mean, just like, well, step in. Now, well, now actually, is not the time, Kato. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Robert Tyler comments, you know, about fist fighting. You know, their PE teacher would bring boxing gloves. That's and awesome. Let, you know, and, and I think that's If you an did that nowadays, thing. like, you, oh you, my oh my, you, you'd go to prison forever. Yes, you would go to prison. It would which be. is a shame. Like, I, I would, like, a teacher did that now, I'd be like, yeah. Good for you. Yeah, but, yeah, right. but no, but, but violence is not the answer ever to anything. There, no one should ever be violent for any reason whatsoever at all. Period. So, so said right. the dude with cauliflower ears. Well, uh, yeah, well, I'm, being, I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm being, oh, I'm being society now. Um, no, violence is, is more often than not the answer, honestly. I mean, it gets a lot of shit done. Well, yeah, I mean, rolling back to the last podcast that I was in, I mean, that's, that's what I was talking about. A lot of people that are really upset about everything have never experienced violence, personally. Yeah. They've never been punched. They've never been shot at, et cetera, so forth. And it goes into that when you when you're faced with that when you're faced with violence head on all that other stuff just becomes superfluous fluff it's yep. just superfluous bullshit and you don't care about it nearly as much you don't have time for it you appreciate life more in general <clears throat> everything is better you know the truth is though i will probably not have a violent altercation in my adult life in all in all likelihood you know from from here on out or from actually 20 years ago on out I'll probably not have a straight up violent altercation. One way or another, it probably won't work out that way. But no, it doesn't matter. I need to get punched in the face. I need well, to get punched in the face every well, every. And there's well, think about, this very think fight about club. the the, the dynamics course that we went to, the gunfighter course, and um, and what you were saying about that. So you guys that don't know, the Liber Dynamics put on the they put on this phenomenal course. So the Ready Man crew went out there, and a big part of that course is getting punched in the face a lot and, and, and jay i mean how did it change like you've shot a ton and stuff it's with it's with simunitions and you're going hands-on and stuff but how did it change your perspective well the training i mean being being able to just absorb blows and fight through it was awesome and to be able to discover that but just the feeling of being you know because we're men i don't i don't care what society says it's in our dna to go to battle and then and to push through battle and to, to control our adrenaline through that process and like it's no big deal i can be punched in the face you know i can i can take it in the face a bunch of times and still mm -hmm. get up and keep moving you know i mean it felt mm -hmm. alive and our boys i'm afraid especially in this society don't feel alive we don't well, maybe, we maybe don't maybe allow them replacing to. that with that's the big question yeah. what are they replacing uh, that sensitivity and that's inclusion well, but, to where but everyone I would argue, but some of them are i mean some of them are doing amazing think about what kids are doing now on like bmx bikes and motorcycles yeah. and it's almost like like evil knievel and his wildest dreams never thought about doing the stuff that some what some of the kids are doing right now yeah so it's almost like we've like heavily overcompensated and maybe that's a good thing but we've like way overcompensated on the extreme sports and and some of that, you know, well, I, I think stuff. it's human nature. We're we there's an inherent part of us that is seeking challenge to some degree, whatever that is. You know, we seek to to essentially fight, right? And whether that's fist fighting, whether that's fighting it out online, arguing with somebody, whether it's playing a, a wartime video game, there's a part of us that is just driven to do that. And I think it's just human nature. And we have to find that outlet somewhere. 
And if we can't actually lay hands on someone, then we get on a bike and we do backflips or we do some other expression of that. But, you know, like Jay was saying, and, and like the movie Fight Club says that we had showed er shown earlier, you know, how much can you know about yourself if you haven't been in a fight? And I think that that's something that, that we should all experience at some point and intentionally, not, oh, crap, I'm in a fight because I have to be, but, right. hey, you know D what? Don't I'm, go to a bar and pick a that's fight. That's a bad idea. I've done I'm a not, lot of balancing. That's a lot of, no, that's, not that's cool. a bad idea. That is not cool. <laughs> but grab your buddy, throw some gloves on, and say, hey, man, we're going to slug this out just for shits and giggles and see see what happens. You know, and that's where, like, my wife, I've got two young boys, and my wife is awesome because they'll start squabbling, and she'll be like, did you hit him back? <laughs> And then she'll turn and walk off. You yeah, know? your wife is a straight savage. And, and, and like, so she doesn't like, mess around. So like my three-year-old will be like, boom. And then, you know? Dude, he has got a, a really solid right hand. We were, we were playing. I don't know what it was. It was a little playhouse. And we were like, I was like the bad guy. And I was trying to scare him. So I opened up the window. I'm like, rah. He just like, boom, punched me square in the nose. I was, Which is awesome because he's left-handed. Yeah. And it, it was, I was, wow, that really hurt. You know, something about that. I mean, the, my rule in my house, I have two little boys mm -hmm. and, and, and my little girl who's eight years old. The rule in my house is you can punch me in the face anytime you like. Sure. And, but then it's on. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so there I will get, be I get sideswiped all the time. You know, and then I'm like, okay, it's on. But, uh, you know, I, they, they never get, I mean, I'll, I'll reach out. And just, I'll just reach out and tap yeah. them because I, I want them to know you're not going to melt if you get if you right. get in the face. Yeah, you can keep that's going. a great point. Yeah. Including, the, including my girl. No right. police officer wasn't domestic your violence. Your kids, I don't think you yeah, can stop them. Sparring. So, no. so is violence the answer? Yes. I think at some point, well, you know, it's kind of like Tyler's talking about there on there where he's hitting his brother in the shoulder until finally it's like, hey, toughen up. And, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, he toughened up. You know, he also talks about long distance running, you know, because there's this whole other aspect of endurance or, or sports where we find our kids going, coming down. My 17-year-old broke his back twice, trick skiing, and then endurance running, endurance cycling. Um, there, there are other ways, but I, I don't think anything replaces just getting your bell rung. No, uh, yeah. because you're, you're even, even when you're skiing and stuff like that, you're in control, but you're like on the ragged edge of in control. But as soon as somebody rings your bell, you're like, whoa, there I, is, I don't have my free agency anymore. Right yeah, now. yeah somebody, right. and I've got to, and I've got to <laughs> regain it so yeah. that I don't continue I, to lose. I want to follow up on Tyler's comment there about, uh, long distance running. So, um, my first organized sport that I ever did was cross country. It shows. It, you it, look it, like a cross country. Yeah, yeah. Runner. I totally, totally look like a distance runner, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but the reason I went into cross country, uh, I, I switched households when I was in high school and um, my stepdad was into sports. Other dad wasn't so much. He told me I didn't want to play football and I said, okay. Uh, probably saved my knees and shoulders. Sure. But I would have been. And probably your I would have been great at it. Yeah. Now, playing rugby later on, I know. I, I don't, I, it didn't save his brain matter. But I went into cross country because it re required literally no skill, or so I thought. You know, I didn't have to catch a <laughs> just ball. Just go. You just have ball. to run. Just you run. just have to run. And That's don't it. stop. The clock starts, you run. You cross the finish line, you stop running. Pretty it, simple. It's, it's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the... The challenges I faced in those 5Ks, because I went to a 2A school my freshman year. So I was, oh, you want to do cross Good, you're on the varsity team. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was running 5Ks after not doing anything at all. Every race I ran, 
about three quarters of the way through, I would hit that wall and I would say, that's that, this is my last race. I'm quitting after this. No more. <laughs> and I would cross the finish line. I'd get the runner's high. I'm like, okay, you know, it wasn't so bad. And I was never good at it. I was never good at it. I was the fastest I ever was in my life. I was running six-minute miles, but in it's the world of cross country, that's not great. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, were doing, you were doing something that was hard for the sake of doing something that was hard. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I learned... Before I learned that I was challenging myself, I learned how to challenge myself. And I think, no, I don't think. I know that that was beneficial later on. Yeah. I was having this conversation just a couple days ago about uh, SF selection. I know guys that did SF selection two or three times, and I don't know why or how they did that. I was lucky enough to get selected the first time around, which is good, because my life would have been vastly different if I hadn't. I would sure. not have gone back a second or third time. I, absolutely not. But I can, I can recall times when it was physically and mentally challenging in selection that I had mental flashback to, to that. It was almost like it was ingrained in me <coughs> after doing just that single year of cross country when I was 14 years old, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, where it was, it was challenging. I didn't really have the option to quit when I was in cross country. Yep. Or if I did, I just didn't know it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but it, that yeah, stopping and walking in the middle of a race. Yeah, it's just it's, it's not cool. It's, it's, it's never underestimate the the, the peer pressure of cool. Uh, it's like if I stop, people right are now, waiting for you to cross. Yeah, it's even yeah, worse time now. Yeah. Well, and and someone mentioned on here before where we have a very strong aversion to making our kids do things difficult or, or having any kind of hardship. You know, it's almost as though we want them just to coast through life. And to some degree mm -hmm. as a parent, I do. I want I want my my daughter's life to be, you know, full of sunshine and roses, but I know that there will be times where shit's going to get real and it's going to be hard, and I have to make sure that she's equipped to deal with that now because when you're 20 something years old and those decisions really matter, it's almost too late. If you've never skinned your knees as as a tiny tot and learned to suck it up and be okay with that, it's, it's going to go really poorly for you. you Nothing. Know, one, one of the yeah. great lessons that I learned from Jason over here is like when we were a few, three, how long have we been doing business together now? Three years, I think. Three years yeah. or so. <clears throat> so when we first started out, like one of the first things that Jay brought up to us and, and like a whole bunch of really great information that I forgot except for this one thing. But it was like <laughs> you guys in the military, you're so used to not failing. And he's like, you've got to learn to fail. And then once you learn how to fail, Learn how to fail faster so you can turn that around until you find what works and then you can run with it and be successful. And that was like words that we've essentially around here at like, you know, our different ventures where we've lived by where it was like, okay, let's try this, let's try this, let's try it. It's not, it's not working. Cut away. Try the next thing. We're trying this. Yeah. Hey, it's working. It's working. Keep working it. Keep working it. Keep working it and, and run it down the. But that's, that's mentally incredibly hard to face sure. failure. Yeah. especially frequently. And I notice the tendency with my, my kids, Gen Z kids, is to go, oh, yeah, I might fail there. So I'm just, my kids are convinced. I watch my kids go in and out of several sports, um, especially my boys. And they were convinced that if they weren't just naturally, magically phenomenal. The best. They're like, oh, that's not my sport. Right. I'm like, no, no, you need 10,000 hours to get your ass right, kicked, right. and then yeah. you might be good. Do you know? You'll you never <laughs> be good because you're 6'5". You'll never be good yeah. at football. You got to... It's not magic. Do you know, you know how work. many times I've gotten my ass kicked in fighting? 
Actually, none, because uh, I identify as an undefeated fighter. <laughs> so I've never been beaten one single time. You know, when I, when I was in the when I was in the seventh grade, I had a phenomenal coach that was out there. And for some reason, so this is how I was in the seventh grade. I was living in Virginia, and I tried out for the football team, and I got cut. What? And and like coach was like, that's a poor coach. Coach was like, you sucked. And and I wasn't an athlete at that time. I was like, I was like, well, okay, I'll try football because my dad's a football fanatic. And then I went to the track team. And I was like, well, I'll try track because uh, whatever. You seem so, like a high jumper to me. So, <laughs> so my track coach. So Seems I was like a shot put. I, I, I was actually, like I was literally. a shot putter, no. discus thrower. He, he is the shot put. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But my coach in his wisdom was like, he, I was a thrower, but then he also had me running the half mile. And so he's like, just run the half mile. He's like, I don't care if you place or anything. You just need to do that. Because he understood that he was teaching some of that intestinal fortitude mm -hmm. and so like every single race i ran the goal was not to win the goal was to not be last yeah and so for me if i wasn't last like i was barely ahead of the guy behind me hey. coming across <laughs> coming across the finish line it was Heisen like pose. it was like yeah Sounds and if i beat two dudes it was like I won the I won the gold, you know, at the Olympics yeah. because, like, I decidedly I well, wasn't. Well, and, and that run. was that was a lesson that my dad taught me early on because, believe it or not, I was not a natural athlete either. Um, though, though, what you see before you is, you know, obviously a specimen. I'm just <laughs> but, but I, I remember. Don't ask him to take his clothes off because he'll, he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. But, but I remember, you know, playing little league football, and we would we would take a lap as a warm up. <laughs> And I would essentially be dead last every single time. I had poor running mechanics, and just it didn't make sense tiny to me. Legs. Yeah, yeah. Tiny legs. Yeah, tiny legs, right? Yeah. I couldn't keep up because I was small. Um, <laughs> thanks a lot for bringing that up. <laughs> but, you know, same thing. His, his, his advice was, look, I don't need you to be in the front of the line. I just want you to get in front of the guy, the next guy ahead of you. And so every day that was my goal was to pass the guy in front of me, pass the guy in front of me. And... That that was that was all I was concerned with, and you know it, it took probably a couple seasons. Hey, of Zach, doing that. something's gonna turn off in 25 seconds. Uh -oh, TV automatically anything. turns off. Fix it, Zach. Zach. Well, um, but, but and, and eventually about... I was in the front of the line, and it's that 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 mentality but, of just continuing and persevering. But even when you're not, you know, I mean, the, in, among millennials today, I noticed there's this notion that hard equals bad, and it's on everything. Like mm -hmm. I, yeah. I had this millennial guy. Um, who repairs my RV, and he's super talented, dude. He is very, very competent young man, which is unusual actually for a millennial. But he and I have been doing this since he was 12, where he's fixing my crap. And, and anyway, he's the, my RV is super complicated, and he goes into this electrical problem that was just a total nightmare. Mm -hmm. And he just kept coming back to me saying, "It's really hard, really hard. <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, it's hard." And I'm like, "Okay, well, well like it'll, it'll be awesome." <laughs> That's right. No, Zach. <laughs> like I'm sorry. I love you, Zach. No, that Zach, was a low blow. Zach is he Gen, Gen that Z was, anyway. That was so he's like, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> what he's really saying is hard, and I shouldn't have to do it. And I'm like, okay, then we'll cancel the trip. And he's like, oh, that is it. Then I'll feel bad. I'm like, well, then do the hard thing. And he's like, ah, oh, just. Uh. And then he goes, you know, it's a hard he finally, decision. He finally <laughs> tackled it, but he kept. He probably five times came back to me and said, it's hard. It's just so hard that I shouldn't be expected to do this. And I'm like. Yeah, we you all mean, do hard things, life, bro. Life doesn't give a shit. Go back like, and do it. Life does not yeah. care. The it world is, does not care. But there's a million hard things out there, like hard sports or hard sure. tests or hard. And I find that so often the, the, the millennials and Gen Z people are like, hard equals bad. 
and that somehow in that generation we got tripped up in thinking that fun equals good, hard right. equals bad. Well, because it's got to be opposites, right? If fun is good, well, the opposite of fun is work, right? Yeah. Therefore, work equals bad. I mean, you know, who is that? Braun? Brian? Brian Knox, Brian Knox, Knox, I think, says, How does our military continue to function with the millennial generation? Oh. So that's a yeah. great question for, for Charlie. And yeah. Jeff. So, for those of you that don't know me uh, from other platforms, I, I actually am a, a sergeant major in special forces. It's kind forces. of a big deal. Um, and I'm, I'm actually on leave from Afghanistan right now. Just came back to the States to do this podcast. It was important. Um, so. <laughs> I had We're to the deal. Snowflake of podcasts. <laughs> That's right. You got it's to. It's like, oh, I'm in. They're ringing the phone. I flew back to the States. So I actually dealt with some of this earlier this week because uh, I've got some guys that uh, haven't challenged themselves completely to the, to the level that I'm used to, uh, that, I'm, that I'm, I'm over. And um, there, there's a generational issue there where some of the institutional knowledge is lost. But there's always going to be a generational issue there. No matter what, There's since always the beginning of time, yep. I mean, every generation is, these damn kids today, they don't know. Exactly. That yeah. is an enduring thing. So I doubt that we have it harder than the generation before us. It's probably just, it's, it's the same the same rhetoric, the same paradigm, yeah. different problem set. Yeah. Well, hey, Brian, Brian was an variables. SF guy too. Hey, ah, nice. Hey, man. DOL, right buddy. You tell, know, us, tell us what group you're in. Yeah. Unless you're still in or you're, you know. If Brian's your real name. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, getting, getting back on that, getting combative with people that you were trying to nurture, that you were trying to make better, is counterproductive. Um, and when I say combative, I mean making them your enemy. I don't mean challenging them uh, in, in, as far as combatives or what we were talking about, violence being the answer sometimes. You've you got to find something in there to build some kind of rapport and some of that takes a little bit of self-surrender. Sure. You, you have to earn their respect. In the military, your rank gives you authority, but it does not give you respect. And if you're truly going to lead mentor people, you have, they have <coughs> to respect you. There has to be a reason for them to respect you. And if, you, if they're your enemy, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. So... Uh, leading from the front really is the biggest thing there. I was just going to ask, how do you how do you get on that level with them? What do you how do you find that common ground to connect with, you know, arguably a completely different generational mentality? I'm going to say it's it's a mix of compassion, integrity, and skill. And when I say that, integrity is kind of a, a buzzword in the sure. military. It's one of our army values. Well, people wearing their dog chains, and then you know, generals get fired for you know, sleeping around. Misconduct. Right. So when I say integrity, I don't really mean um, what they're talking about on recruiting commercials or anything else. I'm talking about um, walking the walk, being being the guy that you say you are. Yeah. If you're a dirtbag, say you're a dirtbag. Sure. You know, I, 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 think I, that's I don't think I'm a conventional leader, honestly. Uh, and that's, that's actually cost me a couple positions sure. in the military. Um, and in some people's eyes, I might be a dirtbag, but people know what they're getting with me. When you, I mean, when you talk <laughs> about integrity, I, I think that that is another element that, that ties into this a little bit. Um, cause I think there's a severe lack of integrity nowadays with social media and the ability to create a completely fabricated persona and yes. this outward appearance that of who you say that you are 
And you can craft that into whatever you want it to be. You can, you know, you can be this complete different person on Instagram or Facebook or whatever than you actually are in real life. Right. And so, and and you can do that with relative impunity until someone it gets close enough to actually call your bullshit. Yep. So you but, see, but a you lot know what? I, I see the window on people being able to do that is because it's the sophistication of people come along with social media and being able to do like rudimentary research and whatnot. I see the window closing. You think the, so? Uh, yeah, think those absolutely. Days are, absolutely. I don't know, man. I mean, if, if I do, I, I just see it's just like you can go to somebody's Facebook page and go, uh, hey, dude, <laughs> you're, you're not you're not as go, badass as go, you say. Go you get are. some experience. Yeah. But, but take what Anthony Nelson just threw out there that we've seen go away yes. in our generation. Yeah, it's that, not my I fault. Mean, in this generation. So not, it's personal. Not my fault. Well, or, or the way I, uh, my, my seal buddy Chad says is, is see a job, do a job, you know, so you're always looking for work, right? So, um, in, and I find that seeing something over there that needs to be done or somebody who needs help or somebody who's failing who, you, that, that, that you can step into the gap with them. Taking personal responsibility for the crap in our society, you know, yeah. taking responsibility for our politics, taking yep. responsibility for yep. our leaders. We're seeing so little taking res personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. We are seeing a little bit, though. I mean, with with the latest disasters that we've experienced, we're actually Those are seeing. High points. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. We, we are seeing some people getting up off the couch, and and you know, I, I'd like to think that that some of the younger generation is out there, I'm you sure. know, helping people mm -hmm. as well. So there is there is hope, but you know, I think it takes some some lively discussion and. Some probably some time spent looking in the mirror for a lot of us. See, in a lot of ways, I feel like the discussion is what's getting in the way of personal responsibility. So if I get up and bitch about politics, yeah. I don't have to do it's anything. Great point. You know, sure. If I can go and bitch about healthcare and not really help anyone get the healthcare <laughs> they need, yeah, it's yeah. I can. I, it's the I got the T-shirt effect. You know, yeah. I went and I voted for Hillary Clinton, so now I don't have to help anybody. Mm. Or I, I. Why would you do that? I just use that as an example. Oh, oh I did not vote, speak. vote okay. for Hillary Clinton. Okay. So it's just this notion of I talked about it, so therefore I accomplished something. Yes. And it's divorcing us ever further from personal responsibility. And then we wonder why our kids don't do the hard thing. They're like, no, I talked about doing the hard thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I changed my Facebook profile picture. You know, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Paris or whoever. You know what I mean? Like, I changed the world. Likes and prayers. You know, and I, and I'm yeah. all for prayers and helping out a hundred percent, but. At the same time, hitting a like button on Facebook is not going to... Charities that raise awareness? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a, a lot of it. It's to raise awareness, but don't do anything. Right. Yeah. So, Brian, talking about Boy Scouts, you know, which is a, a great example of that deterioration, because Bo Boy Scouts... Um, Boy Scouts has been so lawyerized, you know, it's just been, I've watched it get its guts ripped out of That's it. That's a huge... And, and, you know, some of it makes a lot of sense with, like, uh, sexual abuse sure, and whatnot. They sure. had to get a lot more careful. That makes perfect sense. But just the liability profile that the BSA, Boy Scouts of America, are, uh, will allow, um, it's, it's different. We just aren't challenging Boy Scouts. You know, but a big problem that we run into, is we get approached, like, often, of people that all of a sudden are going to be Boy Scout leaders cub masters and scout leaders and stuff like that and brian god bless you for for helping out with the boy scouts for 20 years that's amazing wow. I'm, I'm an yeah, eagle scout myself there we help out with local foot. are you a <laughs> i was a tenderfoot i was an eagle scout yeah, jason was an eagle scout 
Okay, so I, I've made it farther than Josh. You yeah. made it further than Josh. <laughs> but but you it, know it what? It was though? too hard, so I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's was, hard. It was hard. But it, you know, if ever there was a program that could really make a difference, but we get approached all the time from from scoutmasters that are like, I don't know how to do the stuff that I'm supposed to teach my scouts. Can you guys help me with you know with Ready Man and stuff like that so that I can start to learn these skills? So we've actually begun filming. A, all of the scout skills for merit badges and stuff so that we can one teach scouts and then two teach the scout leaders that are out there that are supposed to be mm. passing this on to uh to young you know the young men that are out there I, I i like the point that that jay brought up where i think a lot of our issues stem from our legal system where now everyone is concerned about being sued you know there's there is liability That's, but in it's, everything getting sued is like the biggest bunch of it's the biggest cop-out bullshit that I've sure, ever but heard. Think how that's it's colored. Like, we can't do that because we might get sued. And it's like, really? Give me the name of one attorney. Give me one. And it's like, Ugh. like I was trying to go get something from a trade show the other day, and the guy was like, I can't let you in because there's liability for security. And I was like, dude, you don't even know what the word liability means. That, that has just become code in our society. We don't for, want to deal like, with it. I'm lazy, and I don't want to deal with it. So it's a liability. Like when we were in the war, they told us, somebody told us that we couldn't change the inside of the vehicle. Get this. So we're in Afghanistan, which I don't know if you're aware, is a war zone. It's, there's people fighting. There, there's people fighting and dying. <laughs> yeah. And we were going to change the inside of the armored vehicles. And somebody told us, well, if you do that. You're voiding the warranty. You're voiding. The, they told us. They told us we are voiding the warranty well, on the vehicle. Heaven forbid, that's gonna get shot at. And then they're like, and it's liability because I mean we're liable if you if you change the inside General of that vehicle. General Motors is not going to go and fix those bullet holes. And I was like, uh, the, the, the Taliban is the ultimate uh, judicial body over here right now with <laughs> Al Qaeda. I I just had a, a interesting so jag briefing stupid. while I was over there and. Uh, this is last week, and I, I asked the, the JAG. JAG is a military lawyer. Thank you. By the way, yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, I asked, I, I was smirking at the end of his thing, and he said, uh, Did you have a question, Sergeant Major? I said, I was just wondering if you gave the same briefing to the Taliban. Just, just making <laughs> sure they're on the same yeah, page as we are. Do they know that there's going to be litigation <laughs> they, involved. Do they know? Yeah. Don't, shh, don't, tell the don't tell the Taliban. But they can sue us, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they'll and they'll probably well, get Canada, fur further did. ahead. It's so it's like it's liability. We're gonna get sued. And it's but, like but you're think right. About it. That's just code for being fucking lazy. No, but but here's the thing. I mean, in schools, right? The reason why you can't play smear the queer or any kind of contact sport. Whoa, you can't say that word, bro. You already said it. <laughs> oh, you said okay. the smear the It's queer. okay then. Yeah, smear, he said, um, I think he said smear is the dodgeball queer. Dodgeball dead, by the way. Oh yeah, dodge. They have they have thoroughly destroyed dodge. Dude, I've got the funniest Figures. dodgeball story. Finish your story. I got a great <laughs> dodgeball. Well, story. and 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 the point I'm making is just that some of this legislative acts, you know, the the liability issue is what has you know um, pacified our our generations to where it's we this can't huge conspiracy of like lawyers trying to take control. You, think you know, it it's just the progression of over civilization. We're just sure. over civilized. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, we way, need to become more savage. <clears throat> yeah, that's hence. We'd like, you know, I mean, there's a pendulum be more swing. Savage. There's a pendulum there swing. Is. Go ahead, tell you, John. Okay, right so there. so here's a great 
dodgeball story. So I'm in I love a good dodgeball I'm in wrestling, story. so it's like 1985, 1986. I'm in high school, high school wrestling, and the coach, when he gets sick of our crap or he just needed a break, he'd bust out these uh, water polo balls. That's like the oh playground ball, but they're a little bit On harder. Yeah. They're a little bit harder, Jeez. right? And he'd put like he'd cut the wrestling team in half, and like the good dudes, you could tell he was always trying to stack the deck because he was a bit of a dick. <laughs> and so he put the good dudes on one side and the and the Which bad dudes on the other on? side. Were you good dudes or bad well, dudes? Well, I was always like fighting the system, so I was on varsity, but that was because nobody could beat me, and so he like reluctantly let so me wrestle on varsity. No, actually, he put me on the bad side. So, anyways, my story is this. So, Danny Kopecky. Danny, if you're out there, I remember this Danny story. Kopecky. The Kopecky brothers were, like, infamous wrestlers. It was, like, this family of boys that were phenomenal wrestlers. So, like Danny Kopecky. And the rule, there was only one rule. You couldn't throw at people's faces in dodgeball. And so, anyways, somebody chucks one of these water polo balls, and it's, like, point-blank range, and it just barely misses Danny Kopecky's face, right? And he stops. He's like, Coach said that you can't throw the ball in a face. Just then, somebody from the other side. <laughs> ping, oh, that's classic. Classic <laughs> Kopecky right there. Classic Kopecky in a face. Blood, like, <laughs> falls over on his back. Coach is on the side, and he's like, he shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Protect yourself at all times. <laughs> Protect yourself at all times. He'd go to jail today. Oh, my gosh. Coach I mean, you would, was the coach would, would 100% get fired and probably banned from that school district. It was, like, it was they, would, they, may, they may revoke your teaching license at that point. And I think that's part of the problem when, when we are so uh, overly, you know, hands-in monitoring, over-civilized, as you put it. I think, I think we end up cultivating these snowflakes because no one ever has to face any kind of adversity. We never let anyone fail or have even a bad experience. Oh, I, I got made fun of for a thing. And it's like, hey, look, bullying sucks, but there's a really surefire way to eliminate bullying. And it's not a zero tolerance policy, in my opinion. Yep. Hey, so, um, well, let's see. We've got uh, uh, Tyler saying, asking if we make our kids play sports even if they don't want to. Jay, I mean, what do you like? You and Ty, you and Charlie. I mean, what do you guys? What do you guys think? The old guys. I don't here. have any kid. He doesn't have any kids old enough to answer that question. What do you guys think? How old your kids? I've got uh, twenty-two, twenty, and ten. Yeah, so, same age bracket. Yeah. For me, it's like you're either gonna you're either gonna play a sport or you're gonna work. So I say, hey, yeah. when you're in school and during summer, you're either buried. And summers always work. You know, uh, particularly for the boys. My girls all went the academic route where they are working their ass off in academics. But my boys always, like, cheesed on that. And I said, it's great. No problem. You're going to either work or you're going to play a sport full time, mm -hmm. one or the other, even when school's and, on. And how did it, it, it turn out? I mean, good. You know, I mean, I think working is actually what the getting some real life experience is what tipped my older boy into the Marine Corps. Mm. And my, my son worked all this last summer. You know, I still think he's a self-involved teenager. But. We'll see how that works out, but he's in, now he's in, now he's in sports full time um, during what's, school because he doesn't want to work. That's easier than working. Sure. What sports does he play? Lacrosse. Oh, nice. That's a tough Where, sport. Charlie, what do you? Uh, my daughters, my oldest and my youngest, are pretty brutal. My uh, my oldest actually played uh, football until they said you're concussed, you can't, and uh, now she she rides. She's oh, she's, she was playing football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. She's definitely nice. my daughter contact sports, <laughs> riding horses, you know, 
that whole bit. Um, and my youngest uh, is really active in roller derby. Oh wow! At ten, cool. yeah. Man. At ten. At ten, yeah, yeah. Her, her name is Sophia. Her roller derby name is So Fierce. Oh, so yeah. fierce. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So I mean, so how is it? I mean, you know, you're older. Your twenty-something-year-olds. I mean, th- I mean, did you force them into sports? No. I so mean, how did that turn so out? My girls uh, have done that on their own. Okay. Um, my son, being you know the the fruit of my loins and the carrier of my name and whatnot, I made him um, play sports. He didn't live with me the whole time. He came to live with me in junior high, um, and uh, he hadn't done. He'd done like one season of Little League up to that point, uh, and that was the only thing. And his mom and I had talked about that. I said, he needs to get out there and do something that involves something outside of himself, be, be a part of a team. There's nothing difficult about Little League. If you get stuck in left, right field, whatever, that's fine. But have him be a part of a team, something. Yeah. Um, I didn't push him to excel in sports. I didn't push him to, you've got to do this to meet a certain goal. What our, our verbal agreement was, you're going to try this um, because I want you to have the opportunity to like it and I want you to have the opportunity to, to, to fail or succeed. I didn't have that opportunity. When I came home with that Pop Warner football um, permission slip, my dad just straight up said, oh, you don't want to play football. And I said, I don't. Oh, he said, okay. no. I'm like, oh, okay. And well, like I said earlier, my knees and shoulders are probably better sure. off for it. However, it wasn't until my tw- I was in my 20s and started playing rugby that I learned I could actually crush people. Yeah, you're like, you know? man, I could have been yeah, really good I at probably could have been yeah. good, yeah. Well, and, and <laughs> you know, one of the things that, that we had growing up, my brother and I, uh, playing sports, we, it, it definitely wasn't forced upon us. It was um, basically just kind of through osmosis, knowing you know, hearing stories of, of our dad playing sports. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you want to be like your dad, so we'll do dad stuff. And the, the only hard, fast rule was if you started a season, you had to finish it. Mm. That, that was it. You, you can quit next year. You, can, you don't ever have to play it again. But if you have committed good, to this team, and, and I think that's fair for, to answer your question, my vote would just say, hey, let them choose whatever they want. I think um, someone on here mentioned that their daughter, their girls love to play sports. But there's some would rather I do think, band. I think but that was I think that was fine. something that's that fine. Mike Rowe yeah. brought up in one of his you know things that he was talking about. I love listening to Mike Rowe because he's just so commonsensical on yeah you know on blue collar or he's just commonsensical on stuff. Yeah. And uh, and you know he, he was just one of his things that he said was stick to itness. Yes. And that and that we see this real lack in uh, younger generations now. Generate in the millennials, you know, some of them where they just. They don't have that stick to itness. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I ended up quitting uh, playing football my my senior year. So I was start I was I was starting, I was varsity, and then I got into this I got into this argument with the lead coach who come to find out was getting paid off. That's a whole other story. But um, got into this argument with the coach because Conspiracy. I had this summer Collusion. this summer I'd been at basic training and jump school. And so he was mad at me because I wasn't there for summer conditioning. So he would oh, God because forbid. you were doing he, military. He, he, so. would, he wouldn't let me play. But it was the 80s. I mean, there were, there were still people out there that called the military a bunch of criminals and yeah. baby, baby killers, killers yeah. and all crap like that. And so and he was definitely one of them, Coach Hancock. Asshole. But anyways. Um, <laughs> Looking at you. Yeah, yeah I remember you, dude, you. <laughs> 30 years ago. 
And uh, so, any, but it was one of those moments, like, I ended up quitting because I was fighting amateurly at the same time, and, and um, I ended up quitting the football team. But I remember thinking it was, like, one of the hardest things I had ever done because it was like, man, I've, I've never quit, anything, quit anything before yeah, in my life. Sure. And now all of a sudden, it's like, how am I going to go? My dad's, like, this huge football fanatic, and I was like, how am I going to go home and tell my dad that I quit football? You know what I mean? But yeah. then I did, and my dad, to his credit, you know, he was like, well... Is it the right decision? I was like, yeah, I think it is. And he's like, okay, then you live with it. Nice. So, you know, but it, but it was it was hard. It wasn't the decision was hard. It wasn't that football was hard. The decision was hard. Yeah. So, Jason, you said something a while a while ago in this conversation, saying this is more on us than it is our kids. Um, what I'm hearing here is, you know, through through our experiences, parents, I don't think we've coddled that much. Hearing you you talk about raising your kids. Well, and it's and like you. I've raised my kids half the time, right? Right. So right. I got I got half the time there. That's hard. In their mom's house. Yeah. I mean. I think there are schools have a huge responsibility in this. In that, I mean, we are legally obligated to have our kids be raised by somebody else eight hours a day. You have to, or else they're truant. Yeah. You know? I mean, there, there's homeschool options, but it, mm. that's not an option if you have a job. So you're legally obligated to let somebody else raise your kid for eight hours a day. And I really feel, in my son's case, I really feel that the school system let him down. Yeah. In that, so I, I said, you're going to try a sport. So I, I, made him, I made him try out for wrestling. Why, did, why wrestling? Because the only people that have ever beat me in combatives or any other kind of fight are people that wrestled. Those school. guys are dicks. I did not. Wrestlers are yeah. jerks. They're stupid. Normally, I weigh somebody and I can throw my weight around, but guys that are 220 plus, they get me every time. Every time. Because they, they were raised on wrestling. Hey, do you want to wrestle after this podcast? You are 175 and I will ball you up. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yes. Hey, next live feed, we're gonna we're gonna roll the mats out, you guys. Man, yeah, all of a sudden. But you, but you know what though? Like somebody 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 showed me a turn of the century graduation test for high school. Have you ever seen one of those? Have you ever seen one of those? No. It's amazing. Have you ever seen one of oh those? Oh my gosh, it is. Oh, you next were, to you impossible. Were, you were a teacher for a while. Yeah. Oh my God! Unreal. The requirements. It, it was like name name the seven largest rivers in the on planet Earth. Name five mountain chains. Do the Pythagorean theorem. It was like, it was like no shit. Like you had a oh, quote. You had a quote. Knowledge with an You had to quote Shakespeare. You had to show you know me. It was oh, like yeah. it was like they know. would they would have these list of quotes and you'd have to say which, you know, which, it was like whoa. This, that's well, interesting. This is legit, man. I don't get it. Man. Well, it's amazing what your brain can focus on when you're not caught up with whatever Kim Kardashian is doing. Yeah. And you don't have to like occupy that mental space of whatever you know these celebrities are doing. I think some of that is studying for a test, you know, sure. which is a separate podcast, yeah. standardized yeah. testing. But with 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 my son's school, so I went out. I was teaching ROTC at University of Washington at the time, um, as an SF dude. And um, I, I, I punched oh, out man, to I fight. That was tough for those kids. <laughs> it was, you, you've seen Major Payne, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you a little trick. <laughs> Take your mind off that pain. Dig deep into my repertoire. <laughs> so um, I show up, and I'm, I'm in uniform in my magic green hat. I show up um, in the bleachers for a track event he's doing. Because um, I, I said, hey, you're going to do track. 
It's not, it's not hard, a whole lot of events. Uh, you can find out what you're good at, what you like, and go on from there. Mm -hmm. And again, this wasn't something you have to stick with it. I just want you to try it out. I sat there and waited for his event. There was zero command and control to institute a military term there. Zero control over these rugrats running around the field. There was a loudspeaker announcing the events, and maybe they'd show up. Maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would. My wow. kid was running the 100. I heard that he was running the 100. I spotted him. He was in the infield flirting with other with, with, with the girls. Okay, I'm sure. Not, I'm not mad you know, about that. Priorities. Sure. However, there's got to be a level of leadership and control. Sure. And, hey, we are in charge here, yeah. and you guys are under our charge. Well, and there was none of that. And it wasn't just that. You know, when I would get called into, into school because he was in trouble for something, you know, like going out, there were some woods that bordered. This was in Seattle. Mm -hmm. There's a, a, a woods, forested wood, area. Woods border everything. Yes, woods border everything. <laughs> and no high school is complete without a good set of woods behind it. You know, I had a cornfield. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. So he got in trouble because he was, he was skipping class and going in there. Well, they had one officer. I said, well, uh, you know, I can come to school and sit here and making sure he doesn't he doesn't leave class. Oh no, we can't allow you to do that. It's a liability. Yeah, yeah, we can't we can't allow you in the class. I'm like, well, okay, this sounds like your problem then. Yeah. Because he's here and you're yep. in control. It's you know it's interesting. It's this constant give and take, and and it's easy to pin the rap on the school system. But again, as a school teacher, one of the things that I noticed was. As a teacher, your hands are bound yeah. by what the, what the parents say because ultimately your job security mm -hmm. lies with keeping those parents happy because the, they'll go straight to the school board and get your ass kicked out of there in a heartbeat if, if you're not treating little Billy the way he needs to be treated because he's a special right. and unique snowflake. And what's and unfortunate I saw that there all the time. is what would have really made me happy with those teachers is if they had given me feedback that he was failing prior to the report card. Right. Even when you have that though, you know, and my hat's off to teachers because they're serving society and they don't, <clears throat> they make shit money Thank most of the time. Yeah. But because their hands are tied, because of administration, because, you know, it's just, there's not a lot there. It's a bureaucracy. There's no reason to bust a nut as a teacher to, you know, drag these kids along when their parents are fighting you every step of the way, yep. the administration's yep. in your way, the lawyers are in your way. They're, the teachers at the end of the day, nine times out of 10 are phoning it in. That's what I've watched throughout. Sure. And we've got great schools here. Eh, still, they're really phoning it in. Because I had some kids in private school and some mm -hmm. kids in public school. And very easy to, to, to compare and contrast. Yep. <clears throat> and then when you talk to the teachers about it, they're like, yeah, well, I don't know what to tell you. You know, my hands are tied. Yep. And they'd show yep. me exactly how. At the end of the day, I mean, I don't know how much more time we have. Um, We're pretty close. We probably need to. What are we going to do? I mean, we can't change the school system. None no. of us are administrators or on school boards. I mean, what are we going to do? And what are you guys, what are you guys going to do? Because, it, you know, we can either just bitch about we can piss and moan a about bunch snowflakes. of gen, gen, millennial and Gen Z snowflakes, or we can go out there and do something about it. I mean, what are we going to do? I, I think we as parents or we as uh, people that are being looked up to, right? I mean, you guys are all well-respected and, and people that, that we strive to be like, in my opinion, because you're older than me, so you guys are cool. Um, but, but we, we need to take that onus right upon ourselves to say, no, we need to set this precedence. We need to change. We need to check others that are kind of diverging off. And it's like, Hey, no, our friends of, you know, our little kids, friends, parents who have this crazy thing, like 
Maybe have a discussion with them. It's like, look, you're part of the problem of the, why everything's getting fucked up right now. I think ultimately it goes back to what we had talked about earlier before when we were talking about you know some of the people that well, I've looked at when I was studying how to talk on live podcasts and be motivational and all this other stuff. And really, that's just code for like, how do you how do you get your thoughts across to other people? And it's like you know, with as violence, I, as a look at. Um, some of the folks that are out there, like Jason, you know, where I've learned a bunch from, and like studying Tony Robbins and some of the other guys, is like really if you want to take yourself out of your shell, you've got to serve other people. And like the best people to serve are like the youth that are coming up. Yep. So if we say that there's not enough time in the day for us to do this stuff, or we're not, we're not volunteering with the Boy Scouts, we're not volunteering with our communities, we're not volunteering. With, I mean, geez, with the Girl Scouts, we're not volunteering with the youth programs. You know, many, you know how many single moms there are out there trying to raise boys? Yeah. Especially if you have a multi-ethnic, if you come from a multi-ethnic. Huge. Group. I had a mom sit me down, what, two weeks ago and say, my 17-year-old, his dad's been in prison for a long time, and will you step into the gap? You know, and I'm like, whoa, you know, okay, that's that's legit work. Um but that's what I'm looking at, you know, having this conversation. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm going to go, and that guy and my little torpy 17-year-old, we're going to go spar. I hate it because I always end up bleeding on the floor. <laughs> but I'm going to go spar those little buggers and th make sure it happens this week. Make sure it happens next week. Make sure I work their asses off, you know, and, and, and put it to them. Put them, put them against the wall. So I, 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 I think really that, like that. I, I think, think the bottom line is, like, we're, if we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, it takes a village, right? You know, step in, do – do the job that is needed. If you see, you know, the the family across the street, those kids don't have a positive male influence or just a positive influence, period. Interact, you know, go over there, hang out, spend some time with them like you were talking about. Yeah, get rough, you know. I mean, get rough with them. My sister's always like, hey, you know, she's got an eight-year-old. She's like, get rough with him, man. He needs to go to dude school because I'm, I'm, you know, a big part of raising him here, and you need to, he needs to get his world rocked, you know. I want to I wanna do a follow-on comment to that. I mean, excellent point. Follow on to that is uh, meter your expectations for success <laughs> on this. Yeah. Because you're not going to see it sure. that year. You might see it's kind of like weightlifting. Somebody that's never weightlifted before, huge gains for six months, and then all of a sudden they plateau. But, but, the, you, but, can, but you can be a significant influence on a youth. 100%. Like, yeah. you know, you're, you're sowing seeds. Sowing seeds. It's, you're sowing right. seeds. You might not see the fruits of that labor for five, ten years. Or never. Or, or never. But, sure, uh, but I'll but tell you, I've got, I've got three teachers that, you know, like out of all my teachers in school and high school and stuff, and like high school was like a fly speck in, in terms of life. But like Coach Lund, if you're out there, you're probably not watching this, but phenomenal individual, so far ahead of his time. Mm -hmm. You know, Mr. Reed, English teacher, and Miss Chandler, the sociology Phenomenal influences. Can't remember. Sorry if any of my teachers are watching. I can't remember your names. But those three, like, huge, huge positive influences on me as, a, as an individual. Yeah. But Man. Do you, uh, you got an influence? Oh, I've got a ton. I've got a ton. I've got quite a few coaches that were also teachers that, that really impacted me. I mean, I was fortunate to have my, my dad and grandparents, grandfathers, and, and my, my mom and, and grandmothers as well. I mean, I was really, I felt like very fortunate with, to have these influential family members. But then outside of that, because let's face it, you spend eight hours a day in this whole other side, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, you know, Coach Shu was probably one of the biggest ones. He was my wrestling coach. And um, 
really, he kind of is what put me on the path to becoming a PE teacher initially. What, what set him aside? Um, set him apart? Man, it was, I don't, he was just one of those guys that, that had that charisma about him and just, just hard-nosed, tough, but fair. And, and you were just like, that guy, I, it's a certain, you know, something, a je ne sais quoi, if you will, that you couldn't pin it on them, but you're like, that fucking dude is awesome. Hard-nosed, tough, but fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I got. Firm, fair, final. Yeah. yeah. You got one, Jason? Yeah, uh, Boy Scout leaders, I got a few of them. But, they, you know, it was all about, their, their message to me was all about handle your shit, you know. Like, no, they your mom's not here. Yeah, they'd say that. That's you know, amazing. These guys were kind of, like, always on the edge. Wow. Uh, these guys would be like, hey, maybe they said handle your crap. But they're like, your mom's <laughs> not here, handle your crap. And then pretty soon, you know, the guys who weren't afraid to humiliate you when you're being, when you're being douchey yeah. or, or, or slipshod. You know, so uh, those Boy Scout leaders, yeah, really largely formed me. So I've got two. Yep. Uh, in the military. Um, me. For, for, yeah, yep. For those of you who know, Jeff Kirkham <laughs> was my team sergeant in Special Forces back in the day. He'll be the first one to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> He'll teach you everything. He'll teach you how to pee. You will learn. I will train you. Uh, first Sergeant Raymond Moss. When I, I, I used to ride horses for the Army before I was SF. Yep, and uh, this guy Raymond Moss, um, he was he was tough. He was fair. We didn't agree on everything, but man, on the rare occasions where I actually get angry about something, I sound like I'm from East Texas. Really? And that's because Raymond Moss was from East, East wow. Texas. You channel your inner Texas. Ray, uh, I do. Raymond Moss. He he taught me how to be firm, fair, and how to chew ass. There you go. Yep. Well, and that's all you need. And then life, the other really. one is Errol Hogan. He was my AP English teacher, and man, people would drop his course including me, I dropped it to finish. I finished at a community college because it was easier. Wow. A college-level English class was easier than his course. Damn. But uh, firm, but fair, hard-nosed, no nonsense. And I, I think that's the, that's the common theme. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, you know, to kind of summarize this and wrap it all up, because we're, I think, way over time, actually, that at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're busting on snowflakes here. We're, we're melting snowflakes. But... What we, the conclusion we've come to is that, hey, it's on us to actually raise these generations, this younger group that's coming in, to be not quite as fragile and, and toughen up. And that comes down to us as parents, us as leaders, us as, you know, the this people man. that they look up to, us as men. You know, that's, that's our job. You know, one of the things as a man you should do is pass on information to the next generation. And how they receive that and, and how they react from it is, like you said, if they fail at it, it's not their fault. That's because we failed. So let's go out there, everyone, you older crowds. Let's try and, and make these, these youngers, youngins, youngins better. These, Man, my uh, southern came out real hard on that one. <laughs> so <laughs> anything else you want to add to that? No, hey, Charlie, Jay, thanks for you guys coming out. You guys, if you want us to go over different stuff in the future, let us know. We'll we'll beat it up. We're hitting everything from Antifa to North Korea to, yeah. I think we're talking about UFOs is one of the things we're throwing around here. Yeah. But hey, you guys, make sure you tune in. We're doing this a lot, and um, it's all about building the community and getting on here and ranting. Yeah. So until next time, this has been Josh, Jeff, Jay, and Charlie for Savage Gentlemen, and we'll catch you on the next Savage. episode.